the Gospel of Matthew, please, in the chapter 28. And this is the word of the Lord. Verse 1, chapter 28. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All heal. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. And when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught, and this saying is common, commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Every once in a while something happens that makes the world stop. Even just stop and take note and stand still. There are moments in history that are so striking that we will never forget them. Moments like when we heard that Princess Diana of Princess Diana's untimely death. Or maybe the attack of the Twin Towers or heard news of a family member who was unwell. 2020 will forever be remembered as a year that the world was shaken by an invisible virus uh, that nobody knew what effect it would have. 
And in these times and in these moments, that's when hope can be ignited in us. That's when we sometimes look to the Lord for uh, counsel and we look to the Lord for help. A man who was a beacon of hope in a hopeless time surely was Sir Winston Churchill. There was great sadness at his death. He planned his own funeral and after the final prayer in the service, he planned that a bugler would be positioned up high in the dome of St. Paul's Cathedral and would play the sound called taps, which is the universal signal to say the day is over. But then came a dramatic turnaround. Because there was another bugler on the other side of the great dome. And he sounded another piece signalling that it's time to get up. For it's the morning. There was hope mingled in sadness. And the message there was that the people needed to move on and get on. And you know Easter time, it's a time of hope. A time we remember the resurrection of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the greatest day in history. For if Christ had not risen from the dead, I would not stand here today. In fact, I would think nothing of the Lord. But we serve a risen Saviour. For 30 years, the Lord Jesus had lived the perfect life. And he had said, and all that he had said, and all that he had done was good. He had healed the sick, he had fed the hungry, he raised the dead back to life. He spread nothing but kindness and goodness wherever he went. And for all that he had done, The religious establishment, his own people, the Jews, they hated him. And they wanted rid of him. They wanted him out of the way. The political leaders, they didn't want him either. They found him an inconvenience. The Lord Jesus, he wasn't wasn't politically correct for them. Especially, as he said, he was God in human flesh. Come to seek and to see of that which was lost. It's harder to imagine. A darker day in history than the day the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. Those who were following him hadn't grasped it yet, but the Lord Jesus had told them he would rise from the dead. That's why we hear those words from the angel in our passage today, that the angel says he is not here, for he is risen like he said. Like he said. You know, people schemed, yes. And they put the Lord to death. But let me tell you something. It was, a, it was in God's perfect plan that the Lord Jesus Christ would go to the cross to die for your sin and mine. The people who schemed to put him to death were guilty. And make no mistake, they will be held accountable for what they did to our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. But you remember, God's plan is perfect. The Lord Jesus was dying as your substitute. He was dying as your saviour. He was taking on himself the sin of a guilty world. The Bible tells us he died the righteous one for us who are far from righteous. It would have been easy to give up all hope in that moment when the Lord Jesus cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But actually it was because of this that we have hope. The Lord Jesus Christ paid the penalty for sin so that we could be forgiven and brought to know God individually. He paid the debt that we could never pay and he carried our sins in his own body on the tree 
Hope need not be a delusion today. Hope need not be something that we come today and, and we just think of it as, as a, a, a fancy thought. We have true hope in our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something today. Maybe you listen online or maybe you sit here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Saviour. You can know real hope today for the first time. He died and was buried. But three days later, he beat what beats us. And he rose from the dead. And this is something that should make us stop. We're talking about moments that cause us to stop and take note. This is the greatest moment in all of history. And today, dear friends, I invite you to stand still and consider Christ. The risen Christ can forgive your past. Be with you in present and go with you each step of the way into the future, right into eternity. We have a risen Saviour. And if you're here this morning and you've never considered him, oh, let me plead with you that you'll come and trust him even this day. Let me tell you, there's many a disease in this world, but the greatest disease is found in your heart and it's called sin. In this world, they try and come up with many cures for diseases. And when they come up for a cure for a disease, they try and say it's a certain success rate that it has. But let me tell you, when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and seek to him as your only saviour for sin, he's a 100% success rate. And he can save you this day. When it comes to eternal life, he's 100% successful. This morning we've read the account in Matthew chapter 28 of the resurrection morning. And I want to focus on a number of characters that appear in just the first ten verses of this chapter that we read together. The first I want to focus on are the women, the two women that came. We see the two Marys as they make this short journey to the tomb and they were anxious and they were concerned. You you can almost hear their conversation as they discuss how they're going to get this stone out of the way so that they can put the spices on the body of the Lord. We can imagine the the feelings that they would have been experiencing because because the vast majority of of us this morning in this place, we, we maybe have experienced the loss of a loved one. In fact, this very day as a church fellowship, we bury a dear brother in the Lord who we all loved and who was so good and who was such a great testimony here in this church fellowship and here at Grange Corner in County Antrim. But here, Mary and Mary, they were gripped with that same hollow and helpless feeling that we have when we have to say goodbye to someone, someone that was important or Someone that was special to us. That they would have been experiencing the same natural reaction to death. And these two ladies certainly can be commended for their love and their loyalty to the Lord. Because they were present at the scene of the cross. And they were present when the Lord was placed in Joseph's tomb. And now that the Sabbath day was over, and it was the first day of the week, And it was the earliest opportunity and they were going to the tomb. Oh, they were dedicated and they were committed to their Lord. There's a sense here that the Saviour, he had been with many of them during his ministry for three years. And he had been a wonderful teacher, a miracle worker, a healer. And now really the question that many of his followers had was, what now? 
You see, you remember those disciples in fear in the upper room. And they had lost sight of hope. But you know, we can think of the message of the angel on that day. I want you to note the angel's work. As we continue walking with these ladies towards the tomb, they approach the great sepulchre, and there the stone had been rolled away, and the two Marys see this angel sat upon the stone that's been rolled away. His countenance is like lightning. His raiment is white as snow. And there's this angel sitting upon the stone, and it's a scene that proclaims that he is risen. It's a scene that proclaims, O oh, death, where is your sting? The ladies came worried to the stone and they see this angel. And let me tell you, that stone wasn't rolled away to allow the Savior out of the tomb. The angel's work was to roll the stone away to allow the ladies and others into the tomb to see that Christ was risen. He was alive and he is alive forevermore. What hope that gives us today. On Friday, those evil men, they were spitting on him, they were mocking him, they were whipping him, they were beating him, they were impaling a crown of thorns into his brow, they were nailing him to the cross, they were watching him die as they continued to jeer at him and swear at him in the process. On Friday, the religious establishment thought they'd finally got rid of this man. It was all over. They'd crucified him. He was dead. He was gone for good. But it was in vain. Isn't that what the hymn tells us? We sang it already. It was all in vain. The death, the burial, all in vain. He was never going to stay in the tomb. He was going to rise. He was going to defeat sin, death and hell. Vainly they watch his bed. Jesus my Saviour, vainly they seal the dead. Jesus my Lord, why was it in vain? Because up from the grave he arose. With a mighty triumph for his foes, he arose the victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to raise. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. Oh, let me tell you something. This picture in Matthew 28 is the most victorious scene that you will see in Scripture. The angel that was sat upon the stone and said, he's not here for he is risen, just as he said. Praise the Lord that we serve a risen Savior. The two women have been discussing how they're going to deal with a stone and how they're going to roll it away. They arrive and they're not confronted by a stone. They're confronted by an angel. I want you to quickly notice the soldiers in passing. Now these would have been highly trained, battle-worn men. This was the Lord Jesus in the tomb. So they wouldn't have sent novices to stand by that tomb, that sepulchre. These men had seen it all. Nothing could scare them. Well, that was until God intervened. I don't know what would have shook more that morning, the earth or the knees of those soldiers. They were terrified. It appears that they were so shocked that they looked as if they were dead. What a scene. Maybe you arrive here. Dear child of God, this morning. And you have some sense of fear of what lies ahead. Maybe this week. Maybe today. Maybe there's a hospital appointment that comes up. Maybe you yourself know that you haven't been well for some time. Maybe it is that there's something happening within the family, within work. I don't know. And you just fear the future. 
and you've been taking the burden by yourself for so long. You've been trying to carry through and you've been crippled by fear and it stops you from functioning. It stops you from doing, let me tell you something. As these ladies came to the tomb by fear, they heard the message of the Lord and they had great hope. Dear friend, let me encourage you, dear child of God, to cast your burdens upon the Lord. He will carry you through. You see, the great hope of the resurrection day is this. When we pray, our prayers don't hit the roof. But the Lord is there in heaven listening to every prayer that we pray. You know, on Wednesday night when we were thinking about the golden altar of incense there in the tabernacle that sat just before the curtain, we thought of that incense and the smell that would have rose from it. And you know, in Revelation, we read of those words that it's just the prayers of the saints. That's what that represents, that rise up before the Lord. I wonder, does your incense rise often? I wonder, are you before the Lord? Because the risen Lord is now ascended and he is seated in the throne in heaven. And as Amy rightly reminded the boys and girls this morning, he's King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. But I want to tell you something, when you think of a king, when you think of our king, very, very few of us will ever get audience with the king. There's a prime minister that gets the opportunity to go into the king each week and has audience with the king. But dear brothers and sisters today, because he is alive and risen, wherever we are, we can have audience with the king of kings and lord of lords. We can go right into his presence and tell him all about those fears. We, we can go right into his presence and tell him all about our troubles and what concerns us. And doesn't his word tell us he shall perfect that which concerneth me? Oh, we can think of the angels' work and how they shared the word of God. Dear friend, you find your comfort and draw strength from his word. And you speak to him daily. Let him know all about your fears, but let's think about what the angels had to say. Listen to the angel at the scene at the empty tomb, the, the scene that cries out hope down through the ages. At verse 5, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus. Isn't that lovely? Do you seek the Lord Jesus often? For I know that ye seek Jesus. Do you seek him daily? Do you seek him each morning? Do you seek him throughout the day? Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Why are you here this morning? Let me ask you that. Is it to say that you were at a lovely Easter morning service, ticked the box for another year, enjoyed the singing, preacher spoke a good word, see it Christmas? Maybe you listen in just because it's Easter Sunday online and that's your attitude. Well, we'll listen to an Easter service and sure we'll listen to some other service at Christmas and that is the ticked box. Too many people come or listen in to the local church across the world just at times of great celebration, Easter Sunday, carol services at Christmas. And there's other people and maybe sometimes they just seek out entertaining preachers. If the preacher's dynamic enough, if the preacher was lively enough, did he entertain us? Let me tell you, don't do that. Seek the Lord and listen to his word. 
Here's two fearful women came to the tomb. They met the angel. He says, fear not ye. Are you seeking for a preacher? Did she say no? The angel say no. Did, did the angel say, did he say, are, are you seeking for a church that, to be associated with? No, no. Are you, are you seeking to keep up a tradition? No. You seek Jesus. I wonder, are you here this morning and you've never sought him? I plead with you, come and seek him today and make him your own. Young people here today, boys and girls here today, your mum and dad may trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour. That doesn't make him your saviour. You see, you need to come to the point where you realise that you are a sinner and that there is a risen saviour who wants you to come to Christ and know him. Boys and girls, make sure, teenagers, make sure that you're not relying on your mum and dad's faith. But you have made your life right with Christ and that you're living for him. You see, the Lord Jesus, he... He brought peace to these ladies, a supernatural peace that this world could never give them. And the Lord Jesus, he deals with the greatest problem in each of our lives, the problem that separates us from God or sin. As the angel said, he is risen. You seek Jesus, he was risen like he said. We can say to you today, you can come to a risen and living God. You know, there's no other people can say that. I so often say this, Muhammad, still in his grave clothes. No hope. Buddha, you can go and visit his grief. No hope. But you can go to a tomb there where the Lord Jesus Christ was. He's not there anymore. He is risen. Just like he said. Great hope. Great hope. And the angel tells them the news that he is alive. And this is the message that rings right down through the ages. And this morning and this Easter Sunday, I can tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ, he is alive. You know, we can place our lives in his hands because he's living. So often our brother Norman Bowman would have said that we're in the Lord's hands. And it reminds me of a little CEF chorus that quite often we sang at camps where it said, Place your life in his hands. Rest secure in his plans. Let the Lord let the Lord have his way. Now there were the two women who were anxious when they came to the sepulchre, fearful. The Lord was dead. Then they encountered, had this encounter with the angel who tells them the wonderful news. Now they're filled with great joy. And we come to our final and most important person in our passage this morning. In fact, he's the central figure of the entirety of scripture. It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Verse 9. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail, or greetings, or good morning. Here is one of the most significant moments in all of history. You think the Savior would say something most profound, something even with theological depth. But in true simplicity, the Lord Jesus meets these ladies as they run with joy to tell the disciples. And he simply greets them. It's like me greeting you when you came into the door of this building saying good morning to you. That's all he said. You know, at times, we who are preachers can use so much theological jargon. 
And we can intellectualize the Bible, yet the message of the Bible is so simple in many ways, yet so deep. And the Lord Jesus, he talks to these ladies in plain language. And I hope that I will always speak the truths of Scripture in plain language. And that my words would never hinder you from hearing God's word when we gather in this place. Here's the risen Savior. And he's not a ghost, like some people would try and claim. And he's not a form of a spirit. You see, it tells us here in the passage that they held him by the feet. Look at the end of verse 9. They held him by the feet. This was a bodily resurrection. He was living. It wasn't a spirit. It was his body that rose again. And they held him by his feet. And they worshipped him. The Lord Jesus was a man who was dead. And he had a bodily resurrection and he defeated death. And the two Marys, they knew it was him. They recognized him immediately. They recognized what happened. They realized the significance. They realized they stood before God. And they had the reaction that many man or woman should have when they're confronted with the risen Lord Jesus. Dear child of God, when was the last time you were found on your knees prostrate before the Lord? When was the last time you were found worshiping him on your knees? They saw the Lord Jesus Christ and they fell at his feet and they worshipped him. It's beautiful. These two ladies, the Lord Jesus didn't say anything profound. He just said, greetings, all hail. And they fell and they worshipped him. Dear friends, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian this morning, You might have come to this place out of habit. You may have been dragged out by your parents. But could it be that the Lord Jesus wants to meet you in your life right now where you are and you could experience the risen Christ and all his glory for the first time? Dear Christian, could this be a moment that you need to reassess how you're living? Could this be a moment in your journey along the narrow road that you meet with the Lord and you fall and worship your risen king afresh or maybe you're here you've never met Christ never repented of your sin please I plead with you come to Christ he's the only hope in this world you know this is the full gospel so often on Sunday evenings we forget we we leave him on the cross we forget to say that he's risen and he's alive and he's a living saviour Dear friend, I present to you the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my saviour. And I've walked with him for many years. And he's never let me down. I've given him many reasons, many reasons to do away with me. But the Lord Jesus Christ is my living saviour. And our opening hymn this morning is just perfect when we think of the experience of the child of God. He walks with me. And he talks with me. Along life's narrow way. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Does the risen Savior live within your heart? Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus in verse 10. If you come to him, what lies ahead of you, dear child of God? 
what lies ahead of you, the Lord Jesus says, I'm alive. Be not afraid. Place your life in his hands afresh this morning. And let him have his way in your life. He is no longer in the tomb. He is risen. Just like he said. Let's pray together before we sing our closing hymn in this part of our service. Our Father, we bow in thy most holy presence and we come before thee with great joy in our hearts as we consider that we have a wonderful risen Saviour who's in the world today. And around us, Father, when we look, we there are so many trials and so many difficulties and tribulations in this world. And Father, we realise that even in individual lives here in this place today that there are struggles and there are concerns that lie ahead. That there are worries that are always there. But Father, we thank you that we don't have to bear them alone. For the one who came into the world has told us that he has overcome the world. And Father, we thank you today that we don't come to you, a God who isn't living, but we come to serve a risen Saviour. We come to proclaim a risen Saviour and we can say, Hallelujah, Christ arose. Oh God, we just pray that indeed if there's any here who don't know Christ as their Saviour, anyone who listens in that doesn't know Christ as their Saviour, oh Father, may there be great rejoicing in heaven today. We pray that some soul would come to place their trust in this risen Saviour. Hear our prayer, O oh God. And we ask this in the Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing together our closing hymn for this part of our service. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born, born of a virgin, dwelt amongst men. My example is he living, he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. You know, as I think about what lies ahead of us as a church fellowship today, We'll commit our brother Norman's body to the ground. But what a day to be buried. Because one day resurrection day will come. And he will be risen in that, risen in that glorified state. When Christ shall come, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain will go to meet him in the air.